Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them. And then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. The topic this week grew from an idea a colleague of mine had, and that is coming back to work after maternity leave. So the credit goes to Cara for this one. I would like to dedicate this episode and acknowledge all those working mums out there trying to balance teaching while at the same time being a mum to your own kids. Yes, I have been there. That rush out the door in the morning, the forgotten lunch left on the kitchen bench, whether it's yours or your own kids, wondering what you will have for dinner that night, rushing at the end of the teaching day to collect your own kids, to take one to basketball training, one to soccer training, and while hoping that you'll get to your doctor's appointment on time. I have been there when dinner has been a quick spag bowl with a few frozen veggies thrown in, promising yourself you will have more veggies tomorrow night. I have been there when everyone is in bed and you fire up your computer to start writing reports, then remembering you need to hang out the clothes which finished washing an hour ago. If you're a working mum, I can guarantee you're nodding your head right now and agreeing. My guest today is a working mum. Her name is Claire, and she has returned to work recently after having her family, and she openly shares her story. Claire is extremely lucky to have the wonderful support from both family and friends. She acknowledges that not everyone is as lucky as she is, so the advice that she gives, which I totally agree with, is to reach out and ask for help. It takes a village to raise a child. Well, Claire, it's lovely to have you here with us today. Thank Thanks you. for your time. Today we're talking about coming back to teaching after maternity leave, Yep, uh, which is you. It is me. Um, very challenging time, I know from my experience. But uh, before we start, just tell us a bit about your background. So I got my first teaching job in 2000. Um, I did a job share position at a little school in Wollongong, and I was working five days a fortnight. And I was working with an older lady who'd been teaching for years. So it was a really good kind of introduction to teaching for me. Uh, They also had a learning centre there. So I had a little girl with Down syndrome that came in every Wednesday afternoon. And so I kind of got thrown in straight away into what school life was really like and how challenging it can be um, and how wonderfully creative children with Down syndrome are (laughs) at getting out of work. So... um, she was, she was a beautiful girl and um, I just, I think I realised then that I really did want to do teaching. So um, it was a really good introduction. I did my training at Wollongong University. So I did year 12 here in Dubbo and thought about where I wanted to go. And I did want to go to Bathurst because every man and his dog was going to Bathurst mm. and I wanted to meet different people. I also play basketball. So they had an awesome basketball program down there. So as soon as I got there, I got involved in basketball and met wonderful friends who are still my friends today through that. Um, I went to Wollongong University, which is a phenomenal university. 
And that's, yeah, that's where I did my training and my first job. And you've always been a local? I, my dad was a bank manager, um, so I was actually born in Moree and oh. then moved to Parks and then moved to Musselbrook. I started kindergarten in Musselbrook only for six months and then we moved to Young. And I went kindergarten to year four at Young and then we moved to Dubbo here and I actually repeated year four because okay. I was a young starter. I oh, started wow. school, as a May, I'm a May baby and mm. mum put me at school when I was four, turning five and then we repeated here and it was the best thing that mm. they could have done for me. So Dubbo's probably the longest place you've been in. Yep, yep. Well, mm. actually, it is now. I lived in Wollongong for 12 years. I stayed there for okay. 12 years. Yeah. Oh, yes, but it is now. Dubbo is now the longest place. Yeah. When I leave, leave and come back, I, accumulative, that's the longest place I've lived. Um, so tell us about your role now at the school. So I have a great job. I work Tuesdays, Wednesdays. I do RFF. And I release teachers. My main job is science. I go in and teach science to kindergarten, year three. I do music with year four. I do PE with year six. Um, and then I kind of, I do peer coaching for one hour where I release teachers to observe other teachers. And I do library borrowing. And that's my two days. And I can pretty much walk out and not have to think about it until I walk in the next week. That's amazing. It is so good. I've been very well looked after. Yes. Yeah. So do you have to do much planning? The planning, um, so the programs are already done. So they're CEDB programs. So, And because I've taught pretty much except for kindy all the years, I've got a kind of good grasp of what I'm teaching anyway. Mm. Um, more getting organised with the equipment, especially with science, mm. making sure I've got it because hopping from class to class can be quite a challenge in terms of if you need things for hands-on experience experiments and things um but i love it and you don't have a classroom as such no you You go into their classroom i go into their classroom and just pretty much pick up Mm. and keep going so having somewhere to put my things is a bit of a challenge yeah i have a locker and it's very full um (laughs) and i only thought today i really need to see them about having somewhere i can put my things so they're there and i can just pick them up and Mm. go with them so that's probably the biggest challenge i love going from class to class um i love getting to know the kids yeah, you'd know all of them. Except for kindy. And getting to know them each year is hilarious. <laughs> um, but they're just beautiful. I just love it. So, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I, I come to work ready to come to work. It's great. So tell us a bit about your gorgeous family. My gorgeous family. So I have Sam, who is in year six. So he has just turned 12. Um, I have May, who will be three in May. And I have Joe, who will be two in July. So those last two are fairly close. Very close. Yes. yes. Well, that leads us into the next question. How long did you have off for maternity leave first? So with Sam, it was quite different. Um, so I was 32. I just moved back to Dubbo and thought, I'm going to work for 12 months. I'm going to save money and I'm going to England. I'm going to go teach overseas. And the world had different ideas and I fell pregnant with Sam, which was a massive surprise to me, um, but was the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, So I was very lucky. I was living with mum and dad um, at the time and they were fantastic. And so I was a single mum to Sam. Um, So I felt when I had him that I had to get back into work because I had to provide for him. Um, Not that I felt pressure from mum and dad because they were beautiful. They gave gave me everything that I needed and there was no pressure for them. But as his mum, I felt I needed to go and... He was mine, so I had to protect him and I had to support him in the Mm. best way I could. So how old was Sam when you went back? He was nine months old. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So, and I remember putting him in care. I dropped him off at Playmates, which was the old Playmates up at the hospital. Mm. And I remember handing him over and I held my stuff together and I got in the car and I bawled my eyes out. It was heart-wrenching. And I think I rang the preschool probably five times that day just to make sure he was he was fine I was not fine but he was fine and I started with him one day um and I had a beautiful lady called Nettie and to this day (laughs) that is her name I do not know her last name and she cared for my son um so Nettie had him for one day and he was in playmates and then gradually we built him up to two days and then to three days as I as he got older and it got a lot easier and he liked it which was good but both my parents were working full-time but my mum would take a Tuesday off and my dad would take a half day Thursday off so they got to spend that time with him which was beautiful and um, so I didn't feel too guilty then that you know he was in care yeah then yeah but it's always guilt you always feel oh guilt. yes <laughs> I always remember my first day dropping Tom off oh. Oh, it's heart-wrenching. It is heart-wrenching. It's horrible. And it was worse with these, with May. It was horrible with her too. And she was nine years later. So, and it didn't get any easier. So how well was May when you came back to work? So I had pretty much up to 12 months off with her and with Joe, which mm-hmm. I was, you know, different um, circumstances. I've got a partner, Dan, who is just beautiful and he's got a full-time job and he's like, you don't have to go back. You know, we don't financially, we're in a really good position. I didn't need to go back. Um, but I wanted to go back. I was ready after 12 months. I went, no, I'm ready to get my feet wet again. Um, but I only came back for two terms and I fell pregnant with Joe. So I was really only back for two to three terms and I was off again mm. on maternity leave. So um, so the last two, three years have just been a whirlwind of, I don't really know if I'm Arthur or Martha <laughs> and I'm just running with it. And But I have, we just have wonderful support. Like my mum and dad, um, and Dan's parents are just wonderful. We've, I've been really lucky with Dan's parents as well. They're just pretty much the same mm. as my mum and dad. They're so beautiful. And um, my mum and dad are both retired. So when I had May, all my three babies have gone home to my mum and dad's. We, what we've been living with my mum and dad when I had my babies. So we have been so lucky in that we have been able to be parents. Like my mum and dad took all the pressure of cooking, cleaning, washing, like for two years they did. My mum was, oh, she's an angel. And she mm. just let me be mum. Fantastic. And I didn't have any of the stresses that I see, you know, young mums, old mums have when they're trying to do it on their own. I just, I loved it. And mm. I think that's probably why we had Joe so quick as right. well, because I, we had so much support. And because I'm, you know, I'm turning 44 this year. So age was yep. getting on. So if we were going <laughs> to do it, we had to do it very quickly. Yeah. So they are, they're 14 months apart. Um, but we drove all three babies home to the farm to my mum and dad's yeah. and now we live out on our own, which is fabulous. We were ready. We, were, yeah. we needed to get out, but we still have their support and, you know, mum and dad still have the two little ones on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. So oh, that's beautiful. we are so lucky. Yeah, I yeah. am so a village raises a kid. I am for that. Mm. I just think that's beautiful and we are so, so lucky to have yeah. that. So what was challenging when you first came back? The guilt. Guilt was really challenging mm. because I missed them so much. Um, and because I was 41 and 42 when I had the two little ones, I just, I don't know, I didn't worry about little stuff. I just wanted to be with them. Um, so I'd kind of get here and then I'd, you know, I loved being here and I do love being here, but I just wanted to get home and I just wanted to be with them, even though they're with mum and dad and I know they're having a great time and I had no guilt in terms of, you know, I'm, because they're with mum and dad, so it's all good, but I just wanted to be with them. Um, and but now they're a little bit older 
and like I still want to be there but I love coming to work like I love that I can do my hair maybe put on a bit of lippy put on something nice and get out the door so um but that in itself is a challenge finding things <laughs> to wear to work I really got to get organized the day before like trying to get out the door is a challenge every morning um but you know when you walk back in the door and they just run at you and they're just so happy to see you like and you know, I've had my adult conversations for two days and then I'm ready for them. Yeah. You know, I'm ready not to see school again till next Tuesday. Yeah. So it's a good balance. It's a great balance. So what strategies did you put into place to overcome that, that guilt? Um, Dan's fabulous. He, he's a very good reality check for me. Um, I think with each baby, I got more and more emotional. I was never right. an emotional person, ever. I just, I, it was black and white. I deal with things. I'm all good. But with each one, I swear they pull on the heartstrings that little bit more. Um, so, but he's very good at, at pulling me in and making me go, no, this is good for you. You know, work is good for you. You can, you know, you, you, you got this, you're fine. So he's a wonderful support. So if I didn't have him, I think I'd be probably rocking in a corner back and <laughs> forward and wondering what the hell have I done. Um, but strategies, probably making sure I'm organized. Like I've got my whiteboard. I've got mm-hmm. what's happening, not that he reads it and wonders where I am. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> read the whiteboard. Um, making sure Sam's organised because obviously him being 12, he's got a lot more activities going on. So he's had to become more independent. Right. Pack your bag for basketball for the next day. Pack your bag for footy. So I've got to be on top of him to make sure he's organised so that my day runs better the next day. Um, Tuesday and Wednesdays aren't too bad because I can send the kids in their pyjamas out yeah. to mum and dad's um but just making sure i've got you know joe's still on bottles making sure i've got them ready to go so it's just really being organized if i'm not organized stuff just goes to yeah. crap pretty yeah. much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and everybody knows <laughs> oh yes they do yes they do but it is nice to get out of active wear i swear i live in active wear i yeah. put it on of a morning thinking i might do something it sometimes happens, it sometimes doesn't happen, yeah. but I'm still in it. I'm still wearing it. So it's nice to have a dress on today and yeah. not be in active wear. Um, I like the idea of the whiteboard. So is that, mm. um, it, in theory, mm-hmm. meant to tell everybody yeah. what to do and what's going Where on? everyone is, what, hap- what happens on each day, but then we also have the calendar. And if it's not written on the calendar, it doesn't happen. So if you've got something coming up, you need to make sure it's on the calendar. Mm. So we've got our monthly check, but then we've got our weekly check. So on a Sunday, we rub it all out and we redo it. Um, so were there any differences between when you returned with May and then when you returned with Jo? Um, not really, uh, because they were so close. I, I really I can't remember from year to year what I was doing, um, but I was still only two days. I was doing more peer coaching which kind of took me away from class. So I'd go in and teach what the teacher left, whereas now I've got more ownership on what I'm teaching, which I like. Um, That means I'm more organised. I'm just not reading from a program going, okay, we're doing this today kind of thing. So I've got a bit more ownership now than I did when I came back with May. Um, Busier, definitely busier with three of them. Um, But the support here is phenomenal. You know, don't come back unless you really have to come back. And family is first. Family comes first and your job comes second. So I've never felt guilty. I've never felt, you know, if one of the kids is sick, it's never an issue. Like mm. you never feel bad for putting your family first. And I think that's really important. And you don't always get that. No, you don't. No, you do mm. not. And I think it's a very, in, a, in the profession that we are in, when there is such a high amount of women, 
if you don't have a boss that is supportive of that, you are going to lose them. It's that simple. They Definitely. will just leave and you lose good teachers. Oh, that's it. And yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. So how do you balance being a mum of young kids? Mm-hmm. Um, with my village. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've got a great husband-to-be. We're getting married in May, which is really oh, exciting. I didn't know that. Yeah, the end of May we're getting married. So Congratulations. Thank you. So that's really exciting. Um, and he's just, he's wonderful. Um, I have, you know, great family. I have wonderful friends that I can call and say, can you please bring Sam home? I'm, Joe's just asleep. Can you drop him home on your way home? So I think it's def- def- definitely the people around me that has helped me cope and enjoy my babies and I just I loved being a mum with Sam because I I, but I was it was more a bit of I'm going to show them type attitude I'm going to show them I can do this on my own and I was very very overprotective of him and very determined to still be me so I still did all my coaching I still did all my teaching but he just came along kind of thing like Mm. I was still involved with basketball at New South Wales level but he came it was like well if you want me there's two of us but now it's like I don't have to be like that anymore Uh, it's not just me and it's just it's really lovely is it easier I wouldn't say it's easier it's um, because there's more of them it's harder trying you know just getting your head around everything and it's busier um Easier, I wouldn't say easier, but it's a much more enjoyable. Oh, okay. Because I've got someone to share it with. You know, like Sam would do something. I had mum and dad, but I didn't have someone, you know. And then Dan came on the scene when Sammy turned six and he hasn't been able to get rid of us. So <laughs> <laughs> he's stuck with us now, which is lovely. So if you were on class, mm-hmm. do you think the challenges would have been different? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, there is no way. I couldn't do more than two days. There is no way, like I'm exhausted by the time Wednesday afternoon comes and I know that I've just got to reboot because I've got the kids tomorrow, but Mm. I don't have to think about school. Like if I knew I had to go home and I had to do marking, I wouldn't be able to. Like realistically, I could not go home and get a computer out because I'd have two kids sitting on my lap playing with it. And I think it would just make me really stressful and it would make me not enjoy them because I'd have to put them aside to deal with that. And I don't want to do that. And you probably wouldn't enjoy your work. No, I wouldn't. I'd be stressing Mm. about it. I'd be here too long and I I would just want to get home to them. And I know they're going to be at school in the shortest amount of time. You know, I've really only got what Joe will be two, four more years of doing this with them before they're here. And then, you know, I will be working probably full time. (laughs) Hopefully not if I can help it. Um, But, you know, they'll be part of it then. They'll be part of the system and, you know, it'll be easier then. But now I could not imagine doing any more than two days. Well, I've, because I know people who've gone yep. back full time uh, with a very young family. I don't know how they do it. No. I don't know how they balance life or just organise the run of the mill stuff at home. Yeah. You know? And just have time. Like it's yeah. time just to be. Like I struggle now just to, Dan says, you know, you've got to find that time just for you. I'm like, but I don't have, when, when would you like me to find that time? Give me an extra an hour, you know, but I just, yeah, I take my hat off to them because I couldn't do it. And I know I couldn't do it. Um, So what advice have you got for new mums coming back into the workforce? Um, Take it slowly. Don't rush and don't think you've got to do everything. Um, Be very open when you're struggling and you need help. Ask for help. 
Um, that's what your friends and your family are for. Um, if you don't have to go back, don't go back. Um, if it's a financial, like I know so many people, it's a financial thing and they have to go back, they don't have a choice, then just get help. You know, ask, be very open with your principal. If you need time, you know, just go and tell them mm-hmm. because I think most hopefully you'll have that support, whatever job you are in, hopefully you have that support. Mm-hmm. The support's everything. But yeah, don't rush back if you don't have to. Take and it I'm, easy. A, I'm a big believer in the village to raise oh, a child. yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's so necessary. It really is mm. for your own sanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Claire, now we're up to our fast finishes. Okay. So whatever pops into your mind first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your favourite subject to teach and why? English because I love reading to them. I love ah. books. I absolutely, I actually have a dream of owning a bookshop full of amazing kids' books and having reading hour where kids come in dressed up and I read to them. I could sit and read to a class all day if I could. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Well, here we go. What would you be if you weren't a teacher? <laughs> I'd open a bookstore and read to kids all day. <laughs> and play. Yes. Play, yes. What is something you did today that went well? Oh, I had kindergarten for science and I brought their year five buddies over and we made boats and only two sank. Oh, that's a big win. <laughs> that's a big win. It was awesome. Their designs, like it was chaotic. There was noise. They were pretty much hanging from the rafters, but my God, they had a great day. It was so much fun. So where did you put the, where was the water? So we had a lunch tub full, half full of water. So in an hour, they have made them and they have tested them. Wow. And they were phenomenal. So much fun. Oh, kids love science. Oh, absolutely. I admire you for doing it. (laughs) Should have seen the room after. That was good fun. I can imagine. Yep. But that was a win today. That was great fun. What makes you happy? Oh, my family makes me happy. Um, You know, that today, doing science makes me happy. Coaching kids makes me happy. Anything that involves kids makes me happy. Mm. Helping others makes me happy. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's the first day of the holidays. Mm -hmm. What do you do? (laughs) I'd love to sleep in. That's not going to happen. I'll probably lay in bed because we have a TV in our bedroom now, which I've never had and I never said I would, but my God, I love it. And I will probably have all three children in bed with me and we might just watch a movie, see how long I can keep them in one spot. That would be nice. Living hope. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Good to dream. (laughs) One thing that helps you deal with stress. Exercise. Yeah. Tell us about a time, personally or professionally, where you made a mistake but learned something very valuable. Probably when the reality of the world, there was something happening, I had you three, there was something happening in the world that they were all aware of and it was horrific. It was, I'm sure it was in Africa where these people had come in and they had beheaded these children and I had kids in year three asking me about it and I, had, I sat them all down and we made a prayer circle and we put a candle in and they talked about it and I just, I think I probably needed them not to talk about it because there were others in the class that were not, they didn't know about it and I needed to protect their innocence and I probably didn't do that mm-hmm. and I probably learnt from then that you're always going to have those kids that know too much. And you're also going to have those kids that are innocent and I want to keep them innocent. I probably needed to, and it still haunts me today, I probably needed just to, you know, we could have prayed for children all over the world that might be hurting or something and mm, not yes. going to, like had kids that wanted to know specifics and um, should have shut that down 
and maybe taken them aside before and said, you know, although you know about it, there's kids in there that don't know about it mm-hmm. and we want to protect them from knowing about it because yeah. they don't need to. You know, we need, they don't, kids don't need to know the realities of the world and I think they know too much and we don't protect them enough from that. Um, so I learned then that although you're going to have those kids that really want to know what's going on, it's okay for them not to. Yeah, it is. And it's okay to keep them a little bit protected from the real world for a little while because they're only babies here. They're still only, you know, 12 and under. They're still young. They don't need to know that. Not yet. Not yet, exactly. They'll know soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite book? Oh, my God, I have so many. (laughs) Um, I love the BFG. I absolutely love. I love Hogwarts. Give me all the Hogwarts. (gasps) I love them. Um, And I'm, I'm even partial to a vampire. Ah. Yeah, I've read all of them. I love the series. didn't like movies, but I love the series Eclipse and, you know, all of those. But, yeah, I just kids' book, Roald Dahl. I'll read Roald Dahl, Matilda. I love all kids' books. Oh, good. What are you grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for my mum. That just made me tear up. (laughs) I'm so grateful for my mum. Yeah. And what's a fun fact about you? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Besides basketball. Uh, I love to sing and I'm dreadfully bad at it. Oh. Dreadfully bad. But if there's a karaoke, I'll have a crack. Yeah. Have you won any competitions? No. <laughs> <laughs> I made people laugh. But no, I used to sing. Oh, my God. There's a Dixie Chick song. I don't know if you're a country fan. They have a song called Goodbye Earl. And it is literally about. So Dixie Chicks are three women, very strong women. And they still sing today. And they sang this song. It was domestic violence. And the best friend came and they decided that Earl had to die. And that is pretty much the song. Earl had to die. And it is to such a cool rhythm. I used to go to this biker pub in downtown Wollongong and I would sing it. The first (laughs) time I sang it, I think they were all mortified and they just kind of stared at me. But the next week, so I came back week after week and sang it. I had followers then. So same song. Same song. Earl had to die. And it is the best song. It's about these two women that get this guy and they wrap him in the boot and they bury him and no one knew because no one ever missed him because he was horrible. I'll have to look that song yes, up. Yes, you will. It's a great one. Okay. It'll have your toe tapping. <laughs> well, Cleo, I've had a lot of fun this afternoon talking with you. It's been great. It has been great. <laughs> um, I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank My you. My pleasure. Thanks, Lib. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it like I did when I was talking to our guest. Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guest. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, Subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself. Take care.